Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Visit the Vendor Process Training Center to enroll in your choice of 55 plus training sessions that will help you and your team avoid fraud, compliance fines, and bad vendor data. Or just sign up to get access to Vendor Process FAQs and to attend weekly drop-in live Q&A sessions. Visit training.deborahrrichardson.com today. The link will be in the show notes. You will want to immediately use and share these two email handling tips to avoid fraud with the whole vendor team. You don't need IT for either, but one is a result of a never thought about behavior of spam filters and the other one, you need a quick formula. Probably got you wondering now, so keep listening. Welcome to episode 251, two quick email handling tips to help you avoid fraud. This podcast episode may be quick today, but I wanted to get out these two email handling tips that I learned this week that I actually really think will help you guys and you don't need IT to do it. So speaking of IT, let's just let the first one be the never thought about behavior of spam filters and where I got this from. I wish I still had the podcast episode that I listened to, but I don't have it. I don't remember the name of it, but it was two IT team members or uh, two InfoSec security team members. And they were talking about how IT Uh, configures or sets up these spam filters to handle uh, email that should be considered spam, like how they set it up to determine if that email that's coming to your inbox should be really coming to your inbox. And on episode, I think it was 153, I had a cybersecurity professional come on and he indicated that about 85% of all of the fraudulent emails um, actually get caught and they don't come into your inbox. But that still leaves like 15% of uh, fraudulent emails that you have to deal with. But what I didn't ask is, how does IT with their spam filters and other tools they have identify which ones are spam and which ones are not? And that's what this podcast addressed. And one of the things that I never really thought about before is the um, something that they brought up. And what they brought up is that IT, even though they have to 
block spam or block fraudulent emails, they also have to make sure that the emails that you need to get actually come to you, right? So if we talk about the AP team or the vendor team, you need to get the invoices. They need to come through. You need to get, um, if you're collecting vendor supporting documentation to set up a vendor or to change a vendor, that needs to come through, right? If someone's asking for payment information or status, that needs to come through. So they're kind of walking that fine line. And so one thing that they particularly said is that if a email doesn't get through, then they blame IT. But if an email gets through and it happens to be fraud and you happen to, you know, process that fraudulent payment. And so there is a business email compromise, right, um, successful uh, business email compromise event. When that happens, they blame the user. And so there could be right that scenario where they actually um, do err on the side of well let me make sure it gets through even though it might be fraud because the consequences of an email coming through falls on the user not IT the consequences of an email not getting through falls on IT and so it makes perfect sense with this first email tip that has to do with the flow of emails. And so if you have, if you think about it, right, um, any emails that are responding emails, right, they're going to let those go through because they don't want to interrupt that conversation. So Frosters know all of this. And if you, here's the tip that if you receive an email that says, hey, are you in the office? Are you at your desk? Um, Something that's really quick that you know that if you respond, yes, I am, or yes, go ahead and send it, that the next email is going to be the real email that's going to contain potentially, um, for example, the fraudulent request for a banking change. And fraudsters do that because if you respond The IT team is not going to want to block that conversation or get in the middle of that conversation. And they are more than likely going to let that email go through where if they would have just sent the email with the fraudulent request from the start, it might have been caught by their spam or fraud filters. And just to be clear, right, it's just something that happens. I don't really blame IT or anyone for that because you don't want to stop potential email that could cause, right, harm if you don't receive it, especially to the accounts payable or the vendor team, because if you don't let emails come through, next thing you know, right, um, the lights are off, utilities are off, something's off, something got canceled because something didn't get paid. So, I'm just saying that be aware that that happens. And if you have internal team members or vendors that do that to you, we'll send that pre-email to say, are you there? Just tell them to stop doing that. And then that way, if you receive an email like that in the future, that can be in itself a red flag for fraud. And if it is, then you can avoid the next email that would have contain that fraudulent request. 
Okay, so this second one I actually got from one of my clients. I tell you that when I work with vendor teams and AP teams and procurement teams too, because sometimes they handle uh, the vendor process. But every time I work with a team, I always learn at least one thing. And this one is very simple, but it just kind of blew me away because I never thought to do it. Maybe you guys have. And so to you, this is going to be like, well, I already knew how to do that. Why didn't Deborah already know how to do that? But this one has to do with the fact that when you, when uh, Froster spoof emails to make you think that it is your vendor's email, uh, this can catch that spoof. So when they do it using, let's say they replace a W with two V's or they replace a lowercase L with an uppercase I, right? And so they send that email through, right? You're never going to catch that with the naked eye. And so what I had actually had um, to combat this was a tool um, called whois. It's whois.com slash whois, and you can copy and paste it in there. And uh, it'll tell you like the date that that uh, that that domain email domain was registered and not that you will know like all of the do, uh, registered names, uh, registered dates of your vendors domains. But a lot of these fraudsters will create these spoofed emails when they have a, they want to send out a campaign. And so they're, they're fairly new. And so if you see a registration date, that's like weeks old or maybe even months old, that might be a red flag that is Fraud. And by the way, when you um, do that search, you are only copying and pasting the email domain, right? The last part of the email. And so uh, you would do that, but you do have to have a tool for that. Um, it's free, but you still have to have a tool for that. So you can do that or you can grab out, write Excel or Google Sheets and create a formula. And I've done this for other things, never thought to do it for email. So create a formula. Um, uh, this client actually said match, but I wouldn't use match. Maybe you can. What I found find easier. And uh, of course, everybody has their own favorites in Excel. So you do, do a formula, whatever way you want to do it. But the way that I did it to kind of test it out was I use the if formula. So if this value in this cell is equal to this value in the other cell, then say yes. And if it doesn't, then say no. And so if you have that formula just there, all you have to do is grab the email address from the suspicious email, because that's why you're checking it, um, and then grab the email address maybe from your accounting system or ERP, and then put them in the two cells that are in the formula and the formula will tell you if the email from the email address you're using from the suspicious email is valid or not. And so again, that'll catch those things that you do not see with the naked eye. The two V's for the W, the lowercase, uh, the uppercase I in place of the lowercase L. Let me see what else is it. Oh, um, I've seen the R and the N, right? Um, that if you 
look at it too quickly, it's going to look like an M. And I'm sure there are a dozen other ones uh, out there, especially now that they are using some different uh, languages to make it look like, to make different letters look like you know, the combination of them look like the real email address. But in any event, I thought that formula thing was great because it doesn't cost you anything. You can create one. And in, in addition to that, we are, everybody's always talking about ChatGPT. Um, how about using ChatGPT to help you with formulas? And so you can tell ChatGPT to build you that formula. And I am going to have, I had... A, an example, because I did a presentation on it and I had an example of a YouTube video where they explained what prompts to put in to have ChatGPT build that formula for you in the show notes. And I'm also going to put a link to, not a link to, but I'm going to put the formula, the if formula that I use to verify that the two values were the same. And so you can use that. You can use ChatGPT. You can whip up your own formula. And then share it with your whole team. And don't forget to also share with them the first tip to not respond to the, hey, are you there? Those pre-fraud emails whose purpose is just to ensure that the real email that's going to be fraudulent actually gets through. All right. So thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 251st episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.